Hello, and welcome to What's Going On, Eyes on Africa and the Caribbean. Join us as we follow social and economic development issues in and around Africa and the Caribbean. If it relates to Africa, the Caribbean, and the people of the African diaspora, we'll talk about it. What's Going On, Eyes on Africa and the Caribbean, wants you to stay connected to the people and places that you love. So join us. We're your hosts, Maranke Ocean Martin and Grace Ocean. Welcome to What's Going On, Eyes on Africa and the Caribbean. I'm Maronke Ocean Martin, and today we're talking to Camille Hastick of the Caribbean American Chamber of Commerce, also known by its acronym CACI. Camille is the daughter of the late great Dr. Roy Hastick, who emigrated to the United States from Grenada in 1972. Until his passing in 2020, Dr. Hastick had served as a social worker, community advocate, entrepreneur, newspaper publisher, radio and television announcer, and as an elected delegate to the White House Conference on Small Business and delegate to the United Nations. In 1985, Dr. Hastick founded CACI to promote economic development and small business services in the Caribbean community in New York. Dr. Hastick led several trade missions to the Caribbean region and hosted numerous Caribbean heads of state on their visit to New York. It is an honor and pleasure to welcome Camille Hastick to the show. Welcome, Camille. Thank you for the opportunity to do this. Great. Wonderful. So you've been the steward of your father's legacy, the Caribbean American Chamber of Commerce, since I guess his passing in April 2020. What changes, if any, has the organization undergone since? I guess one of the major changes that I can identify for right now is that the board is working as in, in a capacity of an, an executive committee capacity at the moment. And, and what does that mean? Can you elaborate a little bit for us? Of course. So after my father's passing, the board structure decided to operate as executive committee, okay. which means that they decided to run the organization operationally by the board members themselves as a working board, okay. opposed to appointing a designated or some type of leadership to lead the organization at the moment. Okay. So Roy uh, has big shoes that folks um, are having a hard time filling. Absolutely. <laughs> Completely. We know that. We know Dad that. Was... <laughs> yes. We know that That's... for sure. Dad was a huge personality. He was. Um, no one could ever fill those shoes because he was just unique in itself. Absolutely. So. What do you and your family see as his legacy? Uh, I'll be honest. What we see as his legacy has really been more so than the four walls and the vision that he's created in terms of a building and that trade center that he has on Flatbush and Caton. We see him more as, or his legacy, as who he was as an individual 
So how he brought people together, how he collaborated, how he partnered with individuals, or who he was and is and forever will be, which was a man of his word, a man of honor, a man of integrity, just those types of characteristics of just his personality and his essence that just surpassed what he did. Right. Is who he was and, and the legacy that he that he created for himself and and for the name, you know, for the Hastic family. And as you're saying that, I was thinking about you and your sister growing up with the, with your father and who was beloved by the community, had lots of friends, mentored so many people as a business leader and a champion for small businesses owned and operated by Caribbean Americans. What was it like for you growing up watching your father doing all these things, having so many people around him, so many people dependent on him, looking for him to support them, even as he became not just an entrepreneur himself, but a national and uh, international figure? How was that for you watching all that? I laugh because it's funny because when you hear stories of like, actors that have children and they grow up in those households seeing like their mom or their dad on TV mm-hmm. or like big stars. I can, I can really relate to that. My father, like we mentioned before, was a huge personality where he knew so many people. He was like a star in the community. And um, it was almost like people would come up to us and say, oh my gosh, what does it feel like for Roy Hastick to be your father? And, and we would, we would chuck, you know, chuckle it off or just pass it off and just be like, you know, he's our dad. Like, I don't understand. He's a regular person. It's like, um, no, he's not a regular person. Like this man was an icon, a legend, a humanitarian, someone who now that I think about it as an adult, I compare him to Martin Luther King, to Malcolm X, to figures like that mm-hmm. in, in in our society. So it was really strange because I saw him as a normal person, but at the same time, he really wasn't. He was extraordinary. So having extraordinary person as your parent and doing the things that they do is just, it's beyond words mm-hmm. because it comes with a huge responsibility and accountability in itself. Um, you know, people will come up to me and say, what school do you go to? What do you do? What do you like? And it's like, um, I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I go to public school or, you know, you're not really thinking in terms of the, where their mind is mm-hmm. in terms of what they're thinking your life should be right. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was an experience and it, and it took time to grow into believing and understanding who my parents were and actually living and, and being, being aware, having an awareness of what that meant for me in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's something that just, it's almost, it just cannot even be explained because not many people have that experience of just having someone who 
you know, I, and I give an example, like my dad, he says it all the time. He had a stroke 10 years ago, right? Well, it's not 10 years anymore, but 2010, he had a stroke, which left him with um, limited mobility on his right side of his body. And he still did the work that he had to do every day. Mm-hmm. He may have been physically weak in his body, but his mind was extremely sharp, strong, persistent. And he got up every day. And, he, and the things that we took for granted, like picking up your keys and getting in the car and going to the store, he couldn't do without having help. But the thing about it, too, is that his attitude was extremely hopeful. Mm-hmm. It was always positive. So he never looked at his inability to do anything as a problem. Mm-hmm. If anything, he found a solution. Right. So when he was unable, because he was a right-handed person, mm-hmm. because he wasn't able to use his right hand anymore to actually write, he became ambidextric. Wow. And his left hand. Yeah. He walked with one foot and a cane. You know, so I really think people understood like the amount of mental capacity he needed mm-hmm. to just get up every day to do the work that he did in the community and for the people that he served. Because he had a lot of challenges, you know, physically, physically, totally. He had a lot of challenges. And as you said before, too, his mind was super sharp. He always had new ideas practically every every day or every other day. For those who don't know, tell us a little bit about Khaki, how it started. Sure. So um, I was so glad to have a real intimate uh, relationship with my dad prior to him passing because he and I worked very closely for about six years before he passed. And he told me a lot of stories, you know, um, specifically in terms of how and why he began the the, um, the Chamber of Commerce. So the Caribbean American Chamber of Commerce was founded by dad and his board of community leaders and different stakeholders in 1985. The chamber was birthed to promote business services throughout the diaspora of the Caribbean. He provided uh, financial literacy programs that would enhance the community's education on not just um, financial literacy, but also on business services, how to expand businesses as entrepreneurs. And there were so many things that he did. He helped, you know, help them with credit. He helped them with just understanding business acumen, understanding operational things, financing, how to finance business. There were so many different things that he helped. It was more so of an economic development hub. Mm-hmm. And it was birthed through um, a friend of his that he knew who was part of the Brooklyn Economic Development Corporation. They actually asked him if he would take on this responsibility and lead this organization. And he accepted it. And that's kind of how it was birthed. 
1985. And he started to convene meetings. He did trade missions. Um, he brought so many people together and at the table to discuss matters to help his community and see economic development happen within the um, area of Flatbush, Brooklyn. I remember he told me at one point that he came here and he remembered going outside and always seeing his people hanging outside or drinking, playing cards and just being idle. And, and that concerned him. Like he really, he really felt bad for individuals who didn't see more for their lives. And so he started the first block association on his block. Mm -hmm. Um, So he did civic um, activities such as that. He joined the community board um, and became very civically aware in those circumstances. But his first job, when he came from Grenada, he was actually opening doors. He was a doorman at the World Trade Center for um, the Port Authority. And so he was opening the doors for executives who would be coming through the doors into the World Trade Center. And that's really how Khaki was created and founded and um, envisioned by him. It was just a hub for him to create um, to create access for people in underserved communities to be able to have access and to create a life for themselves, create businesses. He thought that that was a way for families to be able to actually have a chance to grow and to sustain. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to educate those individuals on that and bring people to the table. And from Flatbush, mm-hmm. Khaki grew throughout mm-hmm. New York and throughout the state. Am I correct? Absolutely. Um, there were so many different places that you know, it could have been chartered, right? Because he mentored so many people that when they went back to their cities, they would start little hubs of chambers similar to Khaki mm-hmm. and convene meetings and do the same model. Okay. Um, that was before actually chartering, you know, actually being able to charter different businesses in different states. I remember dad having the organization and then people in like New Jersey or Philadelphia or Delaware would have little hubs similar to what he was doing and doing the same model. Okay. Right. But these were individuals who he, he mentored, but then again, it, it didn't even reach, it was so much further than the United States. It went out to the diaspora mm-hmm. and then also so far as the white house, because in one year, um, I think it was in the 90s, is when he was asked to come on as part of the committee of Clinton's committee um, for economic development. You know, I remember this, that. Yes. Right? This this immigrant from Grenada who's doing this work was asked to be a part of this committee and he was invited to the White House. So which from, was so from opening doors, he's right. in the White House leading right. economic development issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. UN um, convening meetings with so many people from around the world, I want to say. Different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different colors and shades. There was no, there was no delineation. You know, he didn't separate. He always was inclusive of everyone. 
it didn't matter if they were from the Caribbean. It was African-American. It was Jewish. It was white. It was Indian. He brought everyone together. Hmm. I think everybody would agree with that. When when he passed, he, he was recently honored with a street name. And I remember mm-hmm. you attended the dedication of that. Yeah. Tell us about that. So when he passed away, you know, it was really important to us to commemorate his life in a way where, you know, he had this vision for a building to occupy his new occupy office space for khaki and also have retail space Mm -hmm. um apartments and then also house the the flappers caton market that was on the ground level Mm -hmm. um to put them back in there but uh refurbished in you know um, a newer space and we wanted to make sure that he was acknowledged for that. So when he passed away, it, w- it was very important that we applied for street naming right away. Mm-hmm. And so my sister and I applied for a street naming on the corner of that project of Flatbush and Caton Avenue. And um, it was honored. A year later, we actually had the ceremony and the street naming was um, five days after his birthday. Wow. Nice. Yeah. One year to the year he passed away. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. He timed it better himself, huh? Listen, you, listen, <laughs> everything he did was just like, um, willed. I yes. think by God sometimes I want to yes. say, because it was just awesome, awesome timing, at least for us. Yes, very much so. So now another of his dreams came true. He wanted to expand. He was inspired and dedicated mm-hmm. to expanding khaki internationally exactly. and also to to uh, develop a Caribbean American Chamber of Commerce trade center. Yes. And that started in 2019. Mm-hmm. And the trade center, if I'm correct, is a mixed-use housing retail development. Yes, No, um, it was recently completed, and today you mm-hmm. attended the dedication of that yeah. building. Yeah. How exciting was that? Oh my gosh, it was. It this. I mean, this vision of his goes back decades. First of all, and so to actually see it come to fruition, you know, um, the council member for that district mentioned that you know he had a conversation with dad a little bit before his passing and dad mentioned to him that he didn't really think that he was going to see the project to the end. Um, but dad always said to me and to my siblings that, you know, this, this project is for the community. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he had already dedicated it. It was his vision, but because of him being a humanitarian, it wasn't something that he wanted to get credit for, for himself. He definitely knew that this was something that was collaborated and partnered through so many different city and state agencies and private and public partners um, that he wanted to make sure that it went, the interests were for the people. Mm -hmm. And today we the mayor of New York City um, honored us with a proclamation and a ceremony to do the ribbon cutting of 
the new office space for where wow. Khaki was on the second floor. Nice. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Today, also, a resident moved into the residential area side. It was mm. their first move-in day. And then an actual grand opening of the building should take place in about a month. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. I looked at the pictures and mm-hmm. it is a massive project. Yes. I want to say it was about 9,000 square feet of space and about 221 units of apartments plus retail, parking downstairs, um, municipal parking in the underground and then retail, retail space on the ground floor, as well as um, space for the vendor's market to come back okay. into. Right, because yeah. they had been uh, relocated temporarily. Yes, they were relocated temporarily, um, not too far from the vicinity, but they will be going back into the space once the construction is done. Okay. So that ground floor still hasn't come to completion as yet, but it's still in the works. Wonderful. That is yeah. so exciting. So I know that um, Roy also worked with a lot of other Caribbean institutions and was allied with with a lot of other groups, including, um, if I'm correct, because I know he always, um, uh, he used to sponsor breakfast for the West Indian Day Parade. Will yes. those relationships continue? Absolutely. Those relationships will continue. Um, those partnerships, every every stakeholder, every private um, relationship that we've had in the community, they're going to last. I don't see them going away at all. You know, um, they respected the work that he did. They respect the the vision and the, the mission of the organization. So um, there's no there's no there's no doubt in my mind that those relationships will still exist. Okay. And what role are you going to play? Are you are you going to take a, a larger role in, in this new organization or you're going to operate on the on the periphery? So at the moment I'm operating on the periphery. Um, I would love to take a more active and leadership role in the organization. But again, with these types of organizations, a nonprofit, it is um, led by a board. It is a decision that has to be made by the um, board members. And so I would need to be voted in. Okay. Yeah. So what's in the future for for Khaki? I think what's in the future for Khaki is just it's going to expand. It'll go into that space. Um, We're going to continue to bring programs and services to the community to underserved, disadvantaged individuals business owners, helping to promote business services, convening meetings. Um, Dad also was an advocate, so and he was a bridge in the community. So my vision to continue that would be, especially in that space, is to make sure that the meetings that are held in there, that we're bringing people together, it's a neutral environment, and people will be coming there to make agreements to build visions, to promote equity, justice, and a bigger vision for their communities in that space. Okay. You know, um, it, it has to be positive. It has to exude the essence of who he was, you know? And so for me, um, I'm protective 
of that legacy Mm -hmm. of just making sure that whether it's elected officials, you know, there's no self-interest. It it is a place where people come together and they agree. Absolutely. That's um, very much in the spirit of your father, because that's very much how he is. Um, how he was in terms of bringing people together and people to talk things out and come up with a solution. So I I don't want to miss your mother in this because I know Ida was equally active. um, And, and I know she's not very well right now, but she will remain involved to some extent. I, I take it or she has withdrawn. No, no, no. No, no, no. I mean, we, we try not to push her. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever she wants to do, we allow her to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no telling her no. Um, <laughs> and she, she loves to give her um, and to be a part. So whatever role there is, she's, she's more than willing and ready to roll up her sleeves and to assist, to discuss, or to help construct so, um, so yeah, she's, she continues to play an active role. She's still on the board. She plays an active role in making decisions and seeing the vision to move forward in whatever way possible it needs to, to go in. So yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's a strong person and player within all of this stuff. Yes. You know, she has to be a strong person to support someone like that. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, so um, ra- wrapping it up here, because uh, I know you've had a long, uh, long day. Um, so new business owners listening to the show today, how can they join if they want to join Khaki? Is there a website they can sign up for? Where oh, do they yeah. go? What's the process? Absolutely. So our website is www.caribbeantradecenter.com. On that link, you can find... Um, other links that will take you to membership and you can apply online. Um, our offices are still located at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. The, the number there is 718-834-4544. Um, for more information, again, you can just um, send an email as well or just go online to www.caribbeantradecenter.com and look over the information there to find out membership benefits about the organization, um, news, um, programs that are existing right now, um, and a gallery as well in terms of past programs and services that we provided to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all online. Wonderful. And I know it's called the Caribbean American Trade Center, but we also have a growing population of, of African entrepreneurs. Is is it open to them too? I mean, oh, is, is there? And my apologies for not, um, I, I really, and this is the thing too, as dad being a humanitarian, we never want to box him into, he was just looking or promoting or supporting Caribbean individuals or that diaspora. Because honestly, if if anyone would have talked to you about Dr. Hastick, my dad, people didn't really know where he was from. Dad never, he never said, I am Grenadian or I'm Trinidadian or I'm Jamaican. It was one Caribbean for him. It was one diaspora. It was minority um, if you are a black or brown or minority African-American, 
it was inclusive to anyone. We had members from all over the world. So it's open to everyone. Great. I, I, I think he would be happy to see it uh, grow even further in that direction. Uh, Camille, I know it's been a long day for you with the dedication ceremony today and all that excitement and work and talking to and meeting all these folks who came to celebrate um, with you. So I want to thank you for giving us some of your time today. And unless you, you know, have anything else that you want to add? Is there anything else you want to add? Or did we kind of like cover what we, what we need to? I'm really honored that you would even take the time to continue to allow me to express who my father is and was to so many people. I I find it extremely, um, not just gratifying, but humbling that people continue to want to celebrate him for who he was and is and forever will be as a person, as the person he was, not just uh, what he, he did for individuals or the vision that he had and who he was and the titles that he had, but um, who he was as an individual. I just really want to impress that on, on people. Your character is what lasts. You know, he was a man of his word. Mm -hmm. He was loving. He was kind. He was patient. He was an advocate. He was courageous. You know, these are things of who he was. I mean, I could say he was a doctor. He was a humanitarian. He was the founder, creator, president, executive director of, as a title, but honestly, who he was with, in terms of his integrity and his character spoke volumes because he was able to bridge gaps and bring people together who were on opposite ends because of who he was. And, and that's really what I want to impress on, on your um, audience is you know, who you are speaks volumes, you know, your word carries weight, you know, um, that, that really is currency, mm-hmm. you know, it means a lot. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I just wanted to add that and thank you for the opportunity for me to do that. Oh, absolutely. So, we need more of his type, as you said, with the integrity and concern and also a, a key word there that he brings people together. I mean, God knows we need uh, so much more of that these days, right? Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for sharing um, a little bit of your father with us. And I know that the Trade Center is going to be a fabulous success. And it's interesting that the first tenant moved in on the day that it was being dedicated. That is, I mean, you just can't make that stuff up. No, thank you so much. I'm really honored and I thank you for the opportunity to do this. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Africa Caribbean and on our website, eyesonafricacaribbean.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. (laughs) 